0: Hi everyone, this is Katherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 257. And tonight, we're recapping, welcome to Night Vale number 183, The Nephilim, which is not how I usually pronounce it. No, I always thought it was Nephilim. I think on Supernatural, because God knows they talked about Nephilim on Supernatural. I think it was Nephilim there, but we're going to say it Nephilim, because that's how Cecil's saying it. So, this is going to be a tricky one to recap. I Mm. got the email that uh, patron supporters of Night Vale, get where they talk a little bit about the background of the latest episode. And they did say this one was weird for weird's sake. There is no hidden meaning here. It is just weird. I liked the way Cecil was delivering a lot of the lines. It sounded almost like a nursery rhyme. I mean, it didn't rhyme, but there was something about this really like deliberate cadence that was going on when he was speaking that I thought this this is just very pleasant to the ears. And then it was uh, just a tiny bit jarring when he would jump back to the sponsor or the news or whatever and it would be the regular cadence that he would normally use and then he starts talking about the Nephilim again and he goes back into this very sort of epic proclamation kind of sound about the Nephilim coming down our our cousins from long ago is how he referred to them. Yeah they seem to be I don't know, giant creatures. Everybody greets them when they come into town. They're not supposed to fawn over them, I suppose, but I guess everybody kind of does. They cook all the food in the pantry so that it can be a big feast. And I don't know, it's it's religious, but kind of pagan too, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. And also... One of Nightville citizens, uh, Mrs. Wickersham, kept insisting at first that she had made some calls to bring the Nephilim uh, down. But then, when things started going wrong and other things showed up, and she decided this wasn't what she had planned, and then. I don't know. It was weird. And then she just, like, said, oh, this is all my fault, which is in its way its own form of bragging. I'm like, I have never actually thought about that. But, yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, I think Sylvia Wickersham is kind of the new Steve Carlsberg. She's the person that everybody just kind of loves to hate, I think. Was um, she the one that Cecil was really mad about because she was, like... God, I remember he was really, really incensed about somebody, but I can't remember if it was Mrs. Wickersham. I think it was because it, I think it was like a bake sale, but she was the judge of the bake sale and she decided she won. And it's just like, you just don't do that. God. <laughs> at one point, we also got to hear that Joanna, who works at the Nightvale Zoo, she has started an internship for people wanting to get into working in zoos. But the internship is only for shapeshifters because she's a shapeshifter. And so is Josh Creighton. But Josh Creighton isn't interested in being a person who works at the zoo. He'd really rather go into art history. So Joanna's had to open it up to a non-shapeshifter as long as the non-shapeshifter promises to sometimes describe what it would be like if she could change into a different shape. And meanwhile, Josh wants to get into art history. But I think the big art history museum in Nightvale has been frozen in time and you can actually go to the building and look at all of the people that are just kind of like horrified to be stuck in the place where they were at for all of eternity which in its way is a better piece of art than anything actually in the art museum but (laughs) wow okay yeah (laughs) yeah meanwhile we got a little quick glimpse of Joanna teaching the new intern and the intern was describing what it might be like to change into what was it I think a piece of buttered toast yep. and Joanna was teaching her the proper way to sing to lions. And Aww. I'm like, Aw. There was also a little brief mention about the tarantula literacy program in Nightvale. Mm. Well, apparently it's done really well. I think they said that all of the tarantulas are now reading at a 40th grade level, which Cecil described as the level of a grad student who is taking multiple tracks in order to avoid deciding what to do with their life. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, Um, I guess the program worked very well, and now it's going to be shut down so that all the tarantulas can just teach each other to read from now on. And Cecil has some thoughts about that, but, you know, he doesn't want to offend anybody, so he just expresses them in high-pitched yips. And there was, like, a couple seconds of Cecil just making these high squeaking noises. You're like, okay, that's the thing. (laughs) He talked a little bit about the Nephilim, and it was more kind of, Poetical stuff and how dreary life had been before they came along, I suppose, which almost seemed to me like a description of what life has been like in the pandemic. You know, you do your same thing every day and you go for a walk and you feel better and you say, we're going to go for a walk every day. And then Thursday comes along and you don't go for a walk because, of course, you don't. And I'm thinking that sounds about like pandemic time to me. It really does. Um, We had the sponsor and it started out with there's a hole in the sky which is actually a hole in our vision which is actually a hole in our souls and it just kept going on like that over and over and then there was even a mention of hunter car which i don't think we've heard a mention of hunter car in quite some time but nope. the actual sponsor was kirkland's signature whiskey type beverage okay <laughs> honest to god i i would be surprised if that didn't exist i'm <laughs> sure that's once <laughs> well, kirkland's that's, that's oh, the house brand for somebody, but I can't think of who. I think it's Costco. It's either Costco or Sam's Club. I'm, I think I'm you're like, right. I think you're 99% 90, certain. It's got to be Costco. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. <sighs> I'm sure it's very tasty and cheap. But anyway, we got to probably one of my favorite moments of the episode was the children's fun fact science corner. And you hear Cecil start to say something. And then he says, she ran into the wall. She ran into the wall. She ran, and the his voice starts to get distorted, but it's distorted really smoothly, and it becomes this higher pitched kind of ringing sound that gets more and more just like a just, just one solid tone. And it was really beautiful. And then he finished it up with, and she said, and there's all this <laughs> staticky noise. And I'm thinking that's just a lovely little piece of weird right there. I loved it. <laughs> Uh, we had a little bit of a PSA about daylight savings time. And Cecil mm-hmm. explained, for the longest time, time did not work right in Night but now it does. So now we have to mess with time twice a year. And the little poem to remember is, spring forward and fall forward. So on March 14th at two in the morning, you reach out and you set your clock forward. And in the fall, you set it forward again. And then in the spring, you set it forward again, and you keep doing that until everything is reversed, and you're working through the starlight hours, and I'm just sitting there going, don't do that. I have a hard time remembering where to move the clock (laughs) as it is. I swear, we had, we voted on getting rid of daylight savings time in California, and it actually passed. But now I guess it's got to go to state legislature to figure out how that works, and nothing has happened because pandemic and we had bigger things to worry about. But I'm thinking, man, I'd be perfectly fine if we just got rid of that forever. I and sure would. I can't stand I mean, it. I, I seem to remember hearing something, a news story about how heart attacks rise during uh, changes in the time because it's stressful to everybody to have to adjust like that for no reason. And I have opinions yeah. about this if you can't tell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, honestly, Cecil's tips make as much sense as anything else. But um, we go from there to bird watching tips. I like what they said about you know, you're, you're looking for birds and you can tell because they're the one with the beaks. The other flying things are probably bats. We spit on the bats. <laughs> more weird. And they made this comment about. And that there is no point and there is no prizes in this game of bird. And I thought, yeah that's, yeah, that's a very true statement. Yeah. So the Nephilim, I think at this point, start crushing things and destroying the town, well, they, which nobody can object to because that's just what the Nephilim do. And besides, we've gotten pretty good about rebuilding the town, about the true facts there. So you're just dealing with this. And while we deal with the consequences of the moment, I take you... To the weather and we went to the weather. I liked the weather this time. It started out sounding like like the music that plays over the credits in a 1980s movie and then yes. at some point it sort of blended to almost like music from the background of an adventure scene in a 1980s movie. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. I had an uh, early 80s, late 70s love ballad is what I wrote down about <laughs> it. It was called Witchcraft by the Graveyard Club. I looked up a lot of what you and I like to put at the end of the episodes, the outro music, mm-hmm. tends to come from Technoax, and he's got a specific category, Synthwave, and I looked up the definition of Synthwave. Now, what we heard for this episode wasn't exactly Synthwave, but I did like the definition. It's an electronic music micro-genre that is based predominantly on the music associated with action science fiction and horror film soundtracks of the 1980s oh that's (laughs) perfect no wonder we love it that's just (laughs) god right there in our wheelhouse but uh yeah so after the weather we came back to cecil saying huzzah the nephilim depart and that was pretty much it I, i don't really explain at all who the Nephilim were, why they came, why they destroyed things, how they left, anything like that. Mrs. Wickersham is a little distraught and she says maybe this time she really will die, but you know, she's probably just being a little bit of a drama queen about it. And anyway, mm. that's a normal feeling when guests leave. And I thought also true facts. Yeah, that is, that is. He made some comment. I forget what it was in reference to, but I did write it down. He talked about not being able to communicate, I suppose, but he said speech was given to humans to disguise our thoughts. And I went, oh, that's pretty deep. <laughs> so I like that one. Yeah. I also liked what he said about the Nephilim they live from the teeth outward, and we live with ten toes in the grass. I'm like, that would make a very interesting sampler, but even fewer people would know what you were talking about than what they would usually think anytime I had this idea about making something into a sampler. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um I thought it was interesting that you know the Nephilim Nephilim whatever they are I mean they're they're angels who bred with people right or are they just different types of angels I forget I think so I'm not exactly sure how much of angel lore is really biblical I mean I remember asking a priest about you know it's just having a conversation asking her about where does this whole idea about in the bible about lucifer falling and all of that and the war with heaven and she said it's not in the bible it's milton's paradise lost and thought, and everybody thinks that's biblical so oh, interesting. i do wonder how much of the nephilim is actually in the bible or how okay. much of it is apocryphal i don't know I don't know. I, I remember reading at some point that this idea we have of angels as being these, you know, pretty kind of androgynous people with huge wings and everything, that actually the Nightvale angels tend to possibly be a little bit closer to canon, this idea of these multi-winged, multi-eyed creatures and everything. Of course, we're thinking of Madeline Langle and her idea of angels mm-hmm. in there. I mean, the wings and eyes everywhere. I did think it was interesting that the episode was talking about angels after we have this whole kerfluffle about how Mr. Potato Head is going to become gender neutral, which I'm like, fine, who cares? I don't, that's fine. I I have no thoughts about it one way or the other, but all these people are up in arms. But somebody made a post and like, oh my goodness, Mr. Potato, he's going to be gender neutral. And potatoes have lots of eyes. Then this is whole like, you know, tying potatoes in with angelic creatures and everything. And I went, yes, continue this conversation. I think this is great. Well, somebody pointed out that if Mr. Potato Head has a penis being biologically male, then it would be a snap-on that fits into a little container in his butt. (laughs) Yes, that is exactly true. So here we can't get upset about Mr. Potato Head not being anatomically correct because it's a toy. (laughs) But anyway, so that's the end of this episode. I did want to mention real briefly that we watched the live episode of Alice Isn't Dead this week as well. Yes, and I was saying the entire time that I was listening to it, I think they've changed some things. I remember it being slightly different. I listened to the original episode. No, they didn't change anything. It was exactly the way it had been done before, and it was still wonderful. Yes, it is. I mean, that... The episode, of course, the factory by the sea, which is just very ethereal, but it also, for all its weirdness, there is kind of a little bit of a plot, yeah. you know, as she goes through doors with this guy. So, I like when weird things sort of follow a pattern. They're still weird, but it's it feels satisfying. It's a very satisfying episode. Also a good standalone episode if you never listened to Alice Isn't Dead before. Yeah, and then the second episode that ha- they had in the live show was one that I remembered less, and yeah. I think it was it was the introduction of that character that stalks Keisha throughout Mm, most of the story and seeing the actress who played her um, she definitely kept her face very neutral the whole time which I thought added a nice element of creepy to all the terrible things that she was saying yeah because she always kept her voice fairly neutral and saying Mm -hmm. very upsetting things the entire time Mm, yeah weird that was fun, and it's going to be up for another month, I believe. It's pay what you will, which is like, with fees, I think it's $6.50, totally worth it for a good 45 to close to an hour, right? Yeah, yeah, and they didn't have the little bit in the ending with everybody dancing and introducing everybody. They just kind of stopped it, but I think that's fine, because there was only... There was only Keisha and then the person who did the voice of her antagonist. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was I enjoyed it. It was fun. Oh, and disparition, of course. Of course, who never talks on these things. And I think that's I think, that's a nice little touch there. It is. His music is his language. Oh. <laughs> right. That is actually very true. Yeah. So. So, I guess from there we're going to move on to the weekly setup. What are you drinking? Well, I'm having uh, mold apple cider because Ooh. Nathan and I went down to the farmer's market so we could get some cider so I could enjoy the winter weather. It's been over 70 degrees for three days in, ha, ha. in February. I was actually outside yesterday doing yard work and wearing shorts, for God's sake. Go home, yeah. North Carolina. You're drunk. <laughs> I have Stone IPA, obviously. Uh, Before we get into like any kind of sit rep things, I did want to bring up Joshua Kay, super fan, who listens to this podcast all the time. He actually posed a question for us that he would love to have answered on the podcast. He said, what are the best places to get a sit rep? And I was like, places like places to visit or like places to get information to talk about. And he said like places you would go to get your favorite drink and catch up on events, good sit rep places to share with friends. And I thought, wow, because I don't know about you, but I'm getting a bigger and bigger list every day of all the places I want to visit once this pandemic is over. So it's kind of hard to boil it down. I would say if I just had to pick something off the top of my head, that Whistle Stop place that we went to just outside of Asheville, a oh, little bar that, that, that was in a train. Oh, that's so nice. That was, if you Sorry. guys are ever in the Asheville area, check out the Whistle Stop it was just, it's a, it's a caboose, right? It was a caboose that's been built into a bar. There's a little tiny bit of seating inside, but most of the seating's outside. They've got awnings stretched up and a huge selection of uh, craft beers there. And it just, when the weather's pleasant and you just sit outside, there was a lower area that had like kids toys and stuff like that. And little games that you could play and just real peaceful and nice, just really relaxing. It was lovely. good place for me. And I don't know about catching up with other people, but I love to be surrounded by other people here. And that's the Deep River Brewery nearby. Sundays at noon, they have yoga and beer, which is they ah. teach a yoga class and it's in amongst all of the you know actual fermentation vats. They've got a big... Flat area where they usually do loading and unloading, I think. But everyone sets up their yoga mats and you do an hour of yoga for $10. And as part of that, afterwards, you get a pint of beer to cool down with. And I like to go and do my yoga and have my beer and then play my Transformers game on my phone until the phone battery dies. So that is, <laughs> and I can sometimes get on my phone and surf around and read the news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, it's such a good question, but right. Right now, I feel like there's so many places that I want to go. And then there's sometimes, like, I think back on places. I forget. I think it was called Espresso Mio, and it's not even there anymore, but it was a coffee shop here in San Diego that you would get your coffee inside and walk through the building, and they had this tiny little balcony out back that was looking over a canyon and just the days that I would go there, either with people like when Mom and Dad came out to visit, we went there, I'm not kidding, every day. They oh, loved it, it so much. it was such a cool little place. I oh, love that. And man. the coffee was really good, too. Yeah, yeah. And it's not there. I believe Espresso Mio does still have a location someplace in San Diego, but they moved out of that spot. There was going to be a restaurant there, but it never worked out. Restaurants have a tricky time in San Diego. They can, they can fail real fast, but some of it may be pandemic-related. I don't know. But whatever moves in there, I hope they open the balcony, because it's so pleasant. <laughs> a place I would like to go to when the pandemic is over, the Barnes & Noble Coffee Shop right next to the oh, Crabtree Valley Mall, which I yeah. used to go to. Go, I could go there multiple times a week, I think, and just sit and read the graphic novels, which... I would buy stuff there sometimes, everyone. I would make it worth their while, but just so relaxing. But I just don't feel comfortable in public spaces anymore. I mean, things are getting better. We move on into the actual SITREP part of the SITREP. The numbers are going down. Um, The number of people who have been vaccinated is going up. Uh, We Mm -hmm. keep hearing that they're bringing in more and more doses to North Carolina they're still not vaccinating anybody other than I think the highest risk people right now in North Carolina. Right. How are they? Yeah. How is it going in California? The near as I can tell, I mean, I know people who've been vaccinated, but you know, I, I play in an orchestra with a lot of people who are in like their sixties and early seventies, so yeah, they're gonna get vaccinated. Um, I, I think a couple teachers I know have gotten vaccinated, so I know that. I don't know, they're vaccinating a ton of people in Dodger Stadium, and then they opened up another big vaccination area at Del Mar, which is where the fair is, which you've been there with me, mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah, so I slowly but surely, mom and dad's still not vaccinated yet. Oh. Like, yeah, I think they're opening an investigation into a Governor DeSantis in Florida to find out if he actually is showing favoritism in where he sends the vaccine doses to, which, God. yeah, he sent... He sent like over a thousand do- or three thousand doses, I think, to some wealthy area that was like right next to where Mom and Dad live. Yeah, but, yeah. And Mom and Dad even have a couple friends who live in that neighborhood. It's mainly a white rich Republican area, and mom and dad's friends are white, but they ain't rich, and they ain't Republican, but they do live in that area, so they got vaccinated. So it's like, <laughs> but I think the infuriating thing was that area was not one of the hardest hit by no. the virus, so it's no. like they didn't even need it as much as some of the other places did, but they'd yeah. be Republican, so... Yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty clear there's some favoritism going on. So cross your fingers, it would just be so nice to get mom and dad vaccinated and then Hannah too, obviously because Hannah's been there in the trenches the entire time, so God she needs to get vaccinated. That'd be great, but you know, um I not yeah, it's for us who don't have, you know, we're not of the age group and we don't have the outlying health things, it may take a while, but it does feel like it is getting just a little bit by a little bit better. So. Yeah, as as the number of new cases go down, the number of existing cases keeps dropping. Dropping pretty precipitously too which i hope that yeah. there's going to be a snowball effect at some point and we'll actually yeah. get somewhere close to normalcy but for now everybody please just social distance wear your mask wash your yes. hands all the stuff yeah. we've been talking about since we started doing this sit rep what are we going to do when we no longer have a virus to talk about for our sit reps Oh, my God. We'll have to talk about There'll always be something, I'm sure. But it's just, maybe, maybe we'll be talking about great things. I don't know. I mean, just oh, uh, God, we can always still talk about politics, which we had some politics stuff going on this last week. I don't want to talk oh, about it. I don't want to talk about it either. I just, as soon as I get so tired of it. I mean, the news, unfortunately, is not always great. As of today, the breaking news was is that Comic-Con is officially in person been canceled Uh, again this year. And you know, I started working on those Emoji Bot helmets again with the idea that maybe if they did manage to open things up a little bit, that conventions could be a thing this year and then we could have gigantic helmets to wear that we could have masks on or filters or whatever just to make us safer in a crowd. But it looks like that may not be a thing until next year. Uh, It's, I mean, it's fine. Honest to God. If they had gone ahead with it, because I remember when they said that WonderCon was only going to be online, they said that it was only going to be a two-day convention because they were marshalling their resources for Comic-Con in the summer. And I thought I really wanted it to happen, but then I thought, man... If things don't look a lot better pandemic-wise, would I have even been comfortable going to Comic-Con? I don't know. I mean, you get con crud. That's a real thing. You're around all these people from all over, and not everybody washes their hands, and everybody's breathing on everybody else. And so I have numerous times come back home, and like a day and a half later, I come down with some cold. That's the thing that happens. And my God, nowadays, con crud could literally kill you. So, <sighs> And I'm just thinking about those times down on the sales floor when you get into an area where it's really popular for some reason. Some stand is drawing a lot of people and you get to the point where you can't move because yeah, you're packed in that, crowded. that tightly. There's not much of a chance of a six-foot distancing going on in something like that. Which is another thing. I mean, I'm sure once they finally get it going again, they're going to sell half the number of tickets because mm, that's what yeah. LA Comic Con was talking about doing. And I'm thinking, oh boy, we get press passes. Are <laughs> we still going to get press passes? <laughs> right I now we we'll only get four, so I don't know. So it might, uh, it might be interesting, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see what we see. I do think it was the right decision. It's yeah, a bummer, but yeah, I, think so. it's, I think it's the right call. Yeah. Anyway. So moving right along, latest episode of WandaVision. Ooh, okay, wow. so one thing that had bugged me about the Marvel Cinematic Universe was in the movies, you had this relationship between Wanda and Vision, and when Vision died, she was obviously very sad, I didn't buy it so much in the Mm -hmm. actual movies because they hadn't set it up. It was just like, boom, one movie and Vision is obviously interested in Wanda. And boom, next movie, they're in a relationship. Yeah, fast, very fast. But here, in one episode, I mean, obviously we've had the fact that they're a couple for the entire season, yes, and it's been very sweet. But here, you finally they finally made it believable, I think. And it all started with, I mean, of course, Wanda's history is very tragic. And, yeah. you know, you she's gone through some crap. That situation when she's with her family, they're watching American sitcoms, the one that, you know, her favorite, they sit down and they have a family night. It's really beautiful. And then bang, and that, it was that fast. I was so, I like literally jumped in my chair. I mean, that's... It was. that's what an air raid would be like, yeah. you know, yeah. just having a bomb drop on your house. Yeah, and it was It was bad, and then, of course, after that, she loses her brother, and she's very sad, and she's sitting in her room and watching sitcoms, as she does, to comfort herself, and Vision comes in and talks to her, and it was so oh, nice. It was so, that line that he said that the internet is going crazy about, obviously, spoilers for WandaVision if mm-hmm. you're not caught up, but she's just talking about grief and basically just not being able to get out of it. And that, you know, she lost her brother. He was, you know, all that she had after she lost her family. And he talked about how he wasn't sure he always understood love and he doesn't understand grief necessarily because he's never had that to lose. But he did ask, you know, what is grief but love persisting. Aww, and I'm just, oh, that it. is perfect. It's true. I mean, if if you weren't still in love with them, then you wouldn't be grieving. And I thought, oh, my heart. <laughs> oh, my God. But then to see her after the events of Endgame and mm-hmm. she's trying to recover... Vision's body, because it wasn't there when she reappeared. And she talked to the director, who had said she broke in to steal his body. And we find out from this episode that was a lie, because she did kind of muscle her way in but she wasn't trying to steal anything she was just horrified at the idea that they were experimenting on him and she goes down to where he's you know obviously cut into pieces and she reaches out to his head and does her you know the the glowing effect on her hands and she says i can't feel you and he's gone he's not there yeah. anymore so she walked away she didn't steal anything but she goes She goes to this small town, and she goes to this empty lot, and you're not sure what she's looking at, and she opens up a letter that she had in an envelope in the car with her, and it was obviously something that Vision had given her before the events of um, Infinity War, and it was just a deed, a property deed, and it said, a place to grow old together. And it's just like, and that's it, Wanda's done. Yep, yep, she completely... Oh, God, just somebody was saying that she's definitely beat Tom Holland in the attractive crying department. I mean, she just seeing her face just, oh, she's so just destroyed by all this. And her magic just explodes. And she takes over the entire town and she changes everything. She builds this house now. We should say that the reason why she's going through all this is because Agatha Harkness, who is a witch from a long time ago, I have looked up a little bit of her history in the Marvel (laughs) Universe now, anyway. Agatha needs to know how all this happened because Agatha did not create this town. I like that they did establish that. Agatha wants to find out how the hell Wanda created it because she's got like... Magic that's happening automatically in places. And it's just this huge, huge big deal. So she's taking Wanda through her life to try and get reactions out of her to try and find out how this happened. And she found out that this just this magic exploded out of her due to all this rage and all this grief and everything and just made this whole self-contained world, including creating vision, but she didn't create vision out of the body that we saw before. It's like she created him completely right there out of nothing. Yeah. And there was a little bit of implication in the flashback when she and her brother are stuck underneath the bed after a bomb gets dropped in their house. And there's, it says Stark Industries on it, a missile that failed to explode And she reached out her hand to try, she's she's remembering the sitcom they were watching. It was Dick Van Dyke. And I think the kicker of this episode was that he realized it was a dream all along. And she reaches out her hand to do something, but then she gets dragged back by Agatha. Yeah, yeah. I think there's an idea that she had powers before she joined with whatever organization it was that was doing experiments with the Mind Stone, with Loki's uh, scepter. So the implication this entire time before now has been that that was what gave her her powers, was the Mind Stone. But maybe not. It looks like, yeah, she when she was in the room with the Mind Stone, it kind of zapped her and she had this vision of, you know, you can see sort of like a silhouette of a, Scarlet witch type of character. So she had a vision of kind of herself in the future. And that's what Agatha said too. When Agatha sees how she created this whole town and created vision, which was a lovely moment when, oh, you know, so vision of Oh God, the whole episode just oh kick you right in the heart. Um, Agatha said that this was chaos magic, that she was wielding chaos magic, and she said, and that makes you the Scarlet Witch, or a Scarlet Witch. But you realize, I mean, I i think I knew this, but not in the movies. And they even mention it in the beginning of the series. She didn't have that nickname. No, nope. They never used that. They never called her that. Somebody even said she doesn't have a nickname. She doesn't have a clever you know, team name or whatever. And they're like, no. And you realize, oh, yeah, she doesn't. Now that's where she gets that name. Right, yes, exactly. That's what I said when I heard that. I'm like, and we have a team name. Yep, 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 yep. So, and... That was wasn't that the very end of the episode right there. Once, you, yeah. The other thing was is that I did go back and see that post credit scene and everything. <laughs> so the recast Pietro, you know Pietro from the X Men universe, which God, I still think that is such a brilliant casting choice. Um, that was actually. Agatha inside. It was a creation of Agatha, so she didn't actually bring back her brother. Um, That was one thing. Like, Agatha did not create the town and could not control the town, but she did create that picture of her brother, and the post-credit scene was him coming up to Monica saying something about, you know, sneaking around or snooping around or whatever. So I'm I'm guessing Monica's tied up someplace in a basement. I guess, or... Because I don't know if Agatha created Pietro. I'm wondering if she found him somewhere, if this is an mm. alternate universe kind of thing. And when her attention is not on him, he actually started going around and trying to have some agency of his own. I'm hoping that's what it is. It's interesting because I definitely, I, as soon as I, when she said that she was inside him, I immediately thought that moment when he said something about snooping around, that was Agatha being like, ah, you know, and, and she's getting her. So <laughs> she did say something about, I couldn't get the old Petro because it was full of holes. Oh, I thought, geez. oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> was, oh, man. Poor Wanda. She was great. Mean, And now, oh, of course, Agatha's yeah. got Wanda's children. And. We've only got one episode left, and there's an awful lot to resolve. I mean, she Mm -hmm. made children out of thin air. She made her husband out of thin air. She has been mind-possessing an entire town. And it has been Wanda who's been doing all this. And by all accounts, they suffer when they're under her control. I mean, that poor guy that... Uh, Vision talked to, who was like, oh my God, my sister, she's in the hospital, I have to call her. And you're just like, all of these people, they had lives, they had people that they cared about and who cared about them, and they've been stuck in here. I'm wondering how Wanda's going to get past this. I mean, this seems to be in an order of magnitude worse than her not being able to save people from getting blown up in that explosion in lagos but we also have one more question that needs to be answered and that is vision last time we saw him was on the way back well he wasn't with darcy he actually left darcy right right? yeah he did so okay, so we don't we don't know what happened to Monica, we don't know exactly what's going on with Darcy, we don't know what's happening with Vision, but we do know that back in the quote unquote real world, the asshole sword guy who totally lied, lying liar <laughs> He has Vision's body, and they had tried so hard to resurrect that body because it's a weapon. And what they had was the missile that Wanda had thrown back at them. And the sword guys. just like, all this time, all we needed to actually bring him back to life was a little bit of this magic here. And they zapped him with it, and you see him wake up. And I'm thinking... Is it going to be our Vision, like a duplicate of what exists in that world, or is this going to be a soulless weapon that Wanda's going to have to face down that looks like the man that she loved? I don't uh-huh. know because Vision was created by it was it started he started out as Jarvis um, uh-huh. and that may still be in there, but I want to know how much of him being alive and sentient had to do with the Mind Stone, which is obviously no longer there. Right, exactly. Like, oh, so many questions. It's all going to be answered. I mean, by the time you guys hear this episode, the very next day, there'll be the final episode. I I have been really good about watching them because, man, spoilers are everywhere. Everywhere. There was a whole thing last week where the stars from the Spider Man movies were trolling everybody about suggested (laughs) names. Because, of course, the first episode was Spider Man Homecoming, and the, uh, the second movie was Spider Man Far From Home. So everyone's been like, Spider Man, Home Alone. (laughs) But my absolute favorite was someone posted and said, it's Spider-Man WandaVision episode 10. Like, yes, that would be great. That's it. (laughs) That's fine. I would pay money to see that. That'd be cool we got to watch Far From Home. We really do. We do. It's really dumb that we haven't. Yeah. yeah. All right. (laughs) That's that's on our list. We promise, guys. Anyway. Okay. uh, Moving right along. Don't want to make this episode too long, but we do have to talk about the latest episode of Laura Lembess. And this will be even faster to recap because it was an archery lesson followed by a confrontation. And that Mm. was pretty much it for the episode. But there's so much packed into there. So... Uh, am Amplexus, am, Amplexus, I think, or I have no idea. Yeah, I think the, yeah the nymph who is actually Psyche, Eros's ex. Okay, is it because is Eros still doing what his mother wanted because she sent Psyche away? I thought the nymph may be somebody else. No, the nymph is actually Psyche. She okay. turned because right. uh, Hades talked to Aphrodite. And I can't remember what the whole conversation was, but he said it was something like, does it have anything to do with that human you're trying to pass off as a nymph? So oh. so that is, yeah, that was when Aphrodite went to confront Psyche. She wanted to teach her a lesson. She wanted to teach Eris' a lesson. But she also wants to establish something in the relationship between the two of them. Eris is going to have to see her as Psyche before any of this will stop. Oh, 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 gotcha. I read a lot of episodes really fast back to back, so obviously I missed a couple things. Yeah, I had to go back and reread the entire series through before I caught some of these things. So that's what's going on there. So she's getting to hang out with Eros, and he's giving her archery lessons, but he still thinks that she's just a nymph, and that's obviously making her a bit sad. But then Apollo shows up, and you can tell... Uh, Psyche doesn't like him at all. And, And obviously Eros doesn't, but they're not. No, Eros promised to Persephone that he wouldn't give away that she had told him what had happened. She said, don't tell anybody. He can't admit why he doesn't like Apollo. But he didn't like Apollo. No, and they kind of are doing their macho thing where they're firing arrows like, you know, Apollo manages to fire an arrow right into the spot where arrows had fired an arrow. And they're obviously getting ready to have a showdown. And then zoek, an arrow kind of falls into the ground between them. And you look up and it's Artemis. And she looks so badass. And the episode ends with just the word bubble. Apollo, we have to talk. Like yee! Yee! Oh my god. Oh, please, God, we need to... I really want to find out. I'm hoping he's not going to wriggle his way out of it. I'm afraid that it might be that he is going to say that, Oh, Persephone's just mad because I decided I didn't like her. And it's like, yeah, but you've been asking people to marry her. But anyway. Yeah, he's going to have to do some fast talking because if... I could see him admitting that the two of them were in a relationship and that would mean he'd have to admit that he put the moves on Persephone in Artemis's house when you right. know, she was a guest of Artemis and no way Artemis is going to be okay with that at all. No. And Apollo isn't going to be able to talk her into saying that, well, yeah, we're actually in a relationship. We're kind of in love because Artemis got the the call from Persephone saying, I hate your brother. Yeah, yeah. I I can't wait to see what his explanation is. Oh, but, you know, I had really kind of hoped that Hera was going to call him on the carpet when she saw him last time, and she didn't. And she and I'm didn't. I'm like, why are you letting him go? So, I don't know. I, uh I don't know. I'm still really looking forward to when Hades finds out about it. <sighs> how long will that take, though? Oh I don't my goodness. Know. I don't think we're there yet. Oh, I don't think man. we are either. I love how the commenters call Apollo Aspol <laughs> <Like, laughs> That's his name now. <laughs> so, yes. And of course, the artwork was beautiful, as Gorgeous. usual. And the commenters Gorgeous. are so entertaining talking about all of this. And mm. I. I have to actually be careful because sometimes, I mean, it's, it's one of, I remember back when the Tudor show had come out and I was talking about it with my friends, Darcy and Leah, and Darcy has studied a lot of that period in history. And she starts talking about, oh, but you know, with, with this wife of Henry and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, 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 don't tell me. I don't want to be spoiled. And she's like, it's history. And I went, yeah, but I don't know it. So it happens on the show? <laughs> So sometimes the commenters start talking about various myths because one person started talking about, well, you know, this could lead into a thing because Apollo was once very disparaging of Eros's skill. And then he and I went, nope, not going to look at that one. <laughs> now, that was one thing I wanted to talk about because Eros was showing Psyche, disguised as a nymph, his arrows. And what each of them did. And there's all mm-hmm. different kinds of... There's true love. There's attraction. There's the slow burn of a crush. and But there's also the lead arrows. And I think this was part of mythology that a lead arrow would cause everyone to hate the person that it struck. But mm-hmm. Eros explained, all it does is show everybody what they're actually like. And mm-hmm. in a lot of cases... That's bad. You don't, you know, you would only do that to really awful people and people wouldn't like what they saw. Eros has already hit Apollo with an arrow before, but I don't know if it was a lead one. When when Persephone and Apollo were having a really knockdown, drag out argument, where Apollo was trying to say, Of course you like me. And Persephone's like, No, I don't. Leave me alone. And Eros came in. And told Apollo, "Leave my friend alone, or i 'll make sure you never find true love, but before he did that, he fired an arrow that went past Apollo and like nicked him on the face and like left a, a cut on his face and i 'm wondering, was that one of the lead arrows, or was it just uh... had that had Rachel just not established that particular bit of the mythology yet, and he was just an arrow in a near miss, telling Apollo to back the hell off well, because Arrow's the first arrow that he actually introduced. He said these are just regular arrows; they're just nice to have. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and <laughs> we do know that he actually has arrows that have no magical properties. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe that's what that one was. And it would I mean. be it would be fun if if that scene where he hit Apollo took place after the scene where Apollo went on that his first date with Daphne, when Daphne was uh, obviously still smitten with him, and that. But I don't think that's the case. I think Daphne went out with him and um, Thanatos, I think, to go see um, Helios at one point. And she was obviously very sweet to everybody and really kind of into Apollo. And it wasn't until later that she started realizing that Apollo's kind of an ass. Yeah. But that also could have something to do with Apollo's ramping up his obsession with Persephone. And that's all he can talk about. So it's less him being an ass and more like you went out on a date with me and you're talking about this other chick yeah. you know it's like <laughs> you're either just an asshole or you're really clueless or you're just not interested either way yes she climbed out the bathroom window yeah. so yeah that makes sense. <laughs> which i still want to see we haven't seen like a interaction between daphne and apollo since that since she bailed on no. on a date. No, we didn't get to see what he thought about that. Nope. I mean, I wonder how long it took for him to realize that she wasn't coming back, but I uh, know. But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixeladygeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the fan art galleries. We are going to do a fan art gallery, we promise. We do have a new movie review that went up last Saturday that you should definitely check out just for laughs. It is the new Tom and Jerry movie. Oh, man. our um, Our movie reviewer Hugh on Instagram gave it a rated F. Uh, He really hated it. Yeah, I read that, and he was just like, "I don't know why this movie exists." Yeah, it's it's apparently really bad. Yeah, um, and I do trust his reviews, especially since there's other movies that I haven't necessarily thought that much of that hold a really special place in his heart, so it's not like he hates everything. In fact, most of the time I think his reviews are very positive, but this one, oh yeah, when you see a rated F movie, you need to pay attention, so it's, <laughs> but it's a fun review. You should definitely check it out, but all that and more, PixladyGeek.com. So no Night Vale next week, no live show. No live show, no but live there will, be the, will be the final episode of WandaVision, so we will be- oh. Talking about that, <laughs> my God, yes, we are. I've also been watching Legion. It's interesting. Um, I just started the final episode of the second season. It is three seasons long. They did a thing at the beginning of the episode, and I'm like. Okay, that was a choice. I'm not saying no, but it was was a stylistic thing that they did that I'm not entirely sure I'm behind. So whenever it comes, when you catch up, we'll have to talk. Thing is, that show is very interesting, but it doesn't hold my attention very long. Every time I watch it, it's great. But then I sort of pull away from it, and then it's like a week before I watch another episode. So I don't know what that means. It is a slow burn of a show. When things happen, they happen really fast, but then there's a lot of, like, ramping up to stuff that happens. It's good, but you have to be aware of that kind of pacing when it comes to the show. But yeah. Well, maybe next week we can also talk about Bojack Horseman, because I just finished the first season. So oh, you'll probably yeah, talk we got a little a- bit about that, because, wow, that's a show. Yeah, that is definitely that means I should rewatch some of it so I can be prepared. Yay! <laughs> okay, so um we will obviously talk about one or all of those things. So one way or the other we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. <laughs> like let me just jump back for a second we do have one more question that needs to be answered The barb scares me let me try and talk without burping about it. okay <laughs>